Welcome to another edition of the 49er Goldcast. San Francisco, are you ready? Boom! I'm your host, Rudy Sousa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa first, baby. And the return of our esteemed co-host. The one, the only, Old Man Davis. Boom! Welcome back, Old Man Davis. Hey, uh, you've been gone for quite some time. As old as I am, I can come back anytime, anywhere, you name it. I'm here to stay every year. As long as the gold cast has been around, I will be around. That's right. How was Vegas? That's where he was. He was at Vegas. Just uh, turning over some stones, uh, looking at some uh, nice real estate. I bet you are. And uh, maybe uh, looking for a home. Ooh. Rest my uh, rest my eyes. Rest your eyes. Let me ask you this now. The rumor was that while you were on this uh, Vegas vacation, you also took a stop into Outside Lands. That's yeah, right. How was that? How was that, old man Davis? Uh, backstage, we saw uh, a whole a whole gang of people, um, the uh, vendors selling uh, food, uh, <laughs> the ticket salesmen, uh, security staff. Uh, the SFPD, uh, God bless them, and uh, a whole bunch of sixteen-year-olds uh, <laughs> without their moms. Without their moms. Uh, VIP was excellent. Uh, there was uh, nothing but a heavy rotation of not just the music, but alcohol. And you can see bands like uh, Radiohead, J. Cole, uh, and Old Man Davis. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just the way fantastic. Like well, gentlemen, we've got a lot to get into, so let's get busy. It has been quite the uh, week. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this because I've had quite a journey, as I think we all have, in the last uh, four days, starting with Colin Kaepernick sitting on the bench. This has become the biggest story in the country right now, as far as sports uh, sports media, sports news. Colin Kaepernick has he's on every channel from CNN to Fox to ESPN. Oh my God. The story just won't die. No, it's social media. is just rampant. Yeah. It's insane. So we're going to get into this. I'm going to talk a little bit about my journey with this story because it's, it's, it's a little interesting. And then then I want to, I want to really get into what you guys have experienced with this. So on Friday, you know, during the, you know, for the, if you've been living under a rock and I don't think anyone who listens to this podcast uh, needs really any setup, but we're going to give it to you anyways. Colin Kaepernick sat on the bench and refused to stand during the national anthem in in a uh, in in a, as a personal protest to what's going on. I think obviously he was referring to the, the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, the what he sees as you know social and racial injustices that are permeating all over the country. Now he he talked he spoke about it at length afterwards. He spoke about it again uh, on Sunday before uh, before practice. And uh, discussed that he he would you know refuse to stand until he saw some of these issues rectified. This has sparked a tremendous amount of controversy, one way or the other. Now, my initial take on this Saturday morning when I first heard about it, because I didn't hear about it on Friday. Uh, I actually I was recording the game, so I wasn't able to see the game live on Friday. 
when I woke up in the morning, I went and I saw CNN and the CNN newscaster said that that they were saying, you know, the biggest biggest story coming out of this past week for the NFL was not the playing on the field, but the 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 stance of of one uh, professional athlete, one quarterback, Colin Kaepernick. They called him Colin Kaepernick on CNN. Kaepernick. Kaepernick. Oh my God, it's like a Greek myth now. Colin Kaepernick refusing to stand for the national anthem. You know, and my initial take on all of this originally was, you know, I. I think like a lot of people, I, w- I was bothered and not so – I'm not at all bothered by uh, Colin Kaepernick's use of his First Amendment rights to freedom of speech. That I applauded. That I applauded very much so. I loved that he chose to make a stance and say something. I guess where I was coming at it from and I think a lot of people come at it from is that I see the national anthem as an opportunity to support – the men and women who have fought and died to protect our country, you know, the, the, obviously the the troops. And so I feel like I've often felt like not standing for the national anthem is in many ways a slap in the face to the people that have sacrificed so that we have the opportunity to live in the greatest country in the world. That was my, my initial stance on this. And then, and then on Monday, on Monday, I, was watching this Monday, it's Monday evening right now, August 29th right now, around 9.30 p.m. I was watching First Take and listening to their discussion of it in the morning. And I thought I thought what Stephen A. Smith was, said was really interesting. And he opened the segment by saying that anyone who thinks that, you know, that it's ridiculous if you think that by not standing for the national anthem, you're not supporting our troops. And he was like, he's like, that's that's not true at all. And then he said... He said something that I found very thought-provoking. He said, when you – that our, the troops, they fight and sacrifice their lives so that we as Americans have the opportunity, like a Colin Kaepernick, to express our First Amendment rights, to exercise the freedoms that the Constitution has given us. That is what they have fought for and that to tell people they have to stand for the national anthem um, – in some ways takes away the very democracy that they fought to defend. And and I thought that was really interesting. I'm paraphrasing. That's not exactly how he worded it, but that's, uh, that's basically what he came away with. And I thought that was fascinating. That really kind of rocked my, you know, I went into the weekend feeling strongly about one way. And I think there's a better way he could have handled it. And I'll, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but now after hearing that, I have to admit like my, my stance on it shifted a little bit. I still don't think it was the greatest move. I think there's probably better ways he could have gone about Easily. that. Yeah, that personal protest. But I have to admit that I thought what Stephen A. said uh, was was he was he was right. I, you know, and I think I think, but I think if you don't agree, I think you're entitled to that. That's the great part about our country. But I'm going to open the floor to you two, um, and I want to see. You know, Raymond, you spoke up first, so let's let's hear what you have to say about this Colin Kaepernick situation? Well, I think the the biggest positive that most Americans can agree with is that it brought huge, huge conversations back up to the surface. Well, they, they've always been there, but it certainly kind of ignited, ignited, reignited a conversation uh, surrounding issues that have been kind of the kind of periodic topics within our country around uh, around the country for the last four or five years and 
the disappointing part about it is that there's a lot of people who are more caught up in just talking about the gesture and what that means to them. Yes. Um, which really isn't the point. And, and some of it, some of it is warranted, and, and and some of it is totally a legitimate expression of our First Amendment right. And other other sides of it are just completely missing the point and kind of saying he shouldn't have done this, he shouldn't have done that. And I think it's okay because some people have said, well, I think it's more constructive if he were to approach it this way. That's that's constructive feedback. That's That I can buy. But when somebody says he didn't have the right to do that or he's not – he's he shouldn't have done that. That's that's a little bit different for me. I personally, my opinion, I don't agree with his actions because it seems there seems to be a disconnect. It's like, well, you know, the anthem, the country, those were kind of the quotes. Those were kind of the big talking points that you referenced as to why you were sitting in the first place. And to me, that's kind of missing the point because when you really when we really break down racial issues, it comes down to um, impoverished zones in metropolitan areas and inner cities. And then it also comes down to the chain of the, the, the qualification process that police go through, which, by the way, is governed by local government, who then in turn works with the Justice Department. And so if that's who he was referring to in his statements of, I don't support the country – and because the country oppresses people, you know, you know how that sounds. It just sounds a little, a little ignorant, a little misinformed to me. So it's like, okay, that's when I think of it. That's what I think about. I think, okay, who really controls these entities that are abusing the authoritative power they've been given? And so, and I don't, I don't want to make it too much about politics and stuff here on the Goldcasts. I know that, but you know what? Everyone else has been addressing it, and I think it's at least important to take a few moments within this segment to address it. And to me, um, yeah, it's, it's an ongoing issue that certainly needs to be addressed, but uh, there's there's more to it than than just not supporting the country by sitting down. Uh, that can be done, and I'm not sure if that action was the most accurate way to really convey the message he was getting across. Although I, I figured out what I figured out what he was saying I, I i knew what he was referring to i just didn't it just wasn't the most uh tactful or concise way to, to deliver that message not physically not even in his address to the press i do like how though he had a team meeting um to talk to his teammates about it and just kind of get it out in the open i thought that was big of him yes i agree oh man davis what, what are your thoughts on on the colin kaepernick situation <laughs> welcome back maniacal laugh One question for the gold cast. Where are all the number seven fans now? They're divided. Those nose dripping, sweat hog smelling, diaper wearing, California statewide, north to south to north, San Francisco fans. Huh? I mean, did he just unveil a slice of what could soon be his post-career Chris Borland moment? Is he looking for a, another career in this lifetime? Is Patrick Willis getting out of Dodge before it gets too bad? I mean, can you imagine if during the interview and press podium, number seven raised his fist in the air like Tommy Smith and John Carlos? That would erupt national excitement and controversy. 
that would be a statement. But, you know, I like you too, Rudy. Uh, looked over some of the headlines over the last couple of days, and, I, and I've seen a lot of statements gone out from other teams. And it's very mixed bag. Uh, but one in particular who's uh, now retired, Mr. Jim Brown. Pro-black as can be. The same Jim Brown who was with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was with Muhammad Ali, and who tried to get O.J. Simpson back when O.J. Simpson was O.J. Simpson to form a united front of African-Americans in sports, of solidarity. This Colin Kaepernick is not that, but if anything, he's the closest thing to a voice. And I think, and I'm giving you old man Davis's honest opinion here, this isn't Heckle and Jekyll. This isn't Amos and Andy. This ain't Laurel and Hardy. This is the truth. There's a time and a place to do things. You Number seven, you've used social media in the past. I cannot see why you couldn't have done this in that platform to address your message in that way. But... You, you sit down, you turn your head, or you bow down, look at the ground, look at your cleats, and don't acknowledge the anthem. No problem. That anthem, that's about war. That's an anthem that many of the military recognize as a song of honor as an anthem of honor. And I would just think that he probably, given his situation, and now knowing how he played or performed, it's not looking great altogether for him and the 49ers. Yeah, we're definitely going to get into that in, in a second, into the, the gameplay of it. I hear, here's, I want, I want to hear what you guys think about this. Um, you brought up a lot of good points, Holden Davis. And, Here's, here's, here's where I think I feel like the happy medium would have been for Colin Kaepernick, if, if when when if after he sat down and was pressed for for a comment, you know, for not standing for the national anthem, if he then, you know, said, well, I I'm sit I sat today in protest of of what's going on across the country, you know, I I am I am you know openly supporting uh black lives matter and the the social injustices that are happening around the country and i am sitting down to not only in in silent protest uh for the state of the country today but also to bring attention to this wonderful foundation that is doing everything they can to help at-risk youth and you know or is fighting for stricter guidelines for people entering the police force you know i'm i'm bringing attention to this you know some organization and i've donated i'm donating my time or i've donated half a million dollars of my salary to this organization and i hope everyone goes to www.thisorganization.com and 
the, my, my singing in protest is to bring light to someone who's trying to bring a positive effect to the community, and I'm supporting them, and I hope you guys all go to this website and check them out and donate your money or your time so that we can start bringing about positive change in our community. I feel like if he did something like that, I feel like that would have been the happy medium, and then it would have been because would have been I perfect, actually. Oh my god, there would have. I'd say like half the backlash would have had a different take. Yes, they might have been mad at the initial address, but then like a more with it. But if he'd have taken the time to to give a statement like that, which sounds way beyond his maturity level, but um, I think it would have been, uh, it had a much better reaction. Not to say that it's, it, there's been a lot of positive reaction to Kaepernick. There's been both positive and negative, almost an equal amount, I would say. Most most of the NFL stood behind him. The NFL themselves did, uh, pretty much stood behind him in their statement. Even the 49ers uh, supported Kaepernick in his uh, exercising his uh, First Amendment right. So, but uh, but I think that would have been much better. That was something I was kind of looking for. I was like, okay, so you're just going to do the minimum? And that's it? All right. Well, you know, I, I, I'm very interested in seeing if, how, how far he plans to take it. And, and I know he didn't give much uh, press coverage of what uh, future ideas he has and motivations he's going to uh, ex- further explore. But I just want to add one more thing, guys, is is that I don't at all uh, condone his expression, his freedom of expression. And I think, if anything, that's more American than the anthem itself. So uh, let's just I just want to make that very clear. However, like I was just saying earlier, it's probably, in my opinion, not the greatest platform to express what you want to put, uh, what you're looking to push forward. What do you think about my, my, uh, my re- redo of that? What if, what if he'd done something like I suggested? Do you think that would have been better? Repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, do you think, do you think he, my suggestion about him saying, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm sitting in, in silent protest today because of the Black Lives Matter movement and the social injustices happening around the country today. And I'm also trying to bring light to, you know, say an organization that he's donating his time or his money to. I, you know, I'm donating half a million dollars of my salary to this organization that's trying to create a positive movement. They're, they're working with at-risk youth in the inner cities or they're working, they're fighting to get, you know, stricter psychological guidelines for police entering in the, into the police force. Mm. You know, like they're, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to raise awareness for maybe a foundation or a group that I think is bringing about positive change. And me sitting in silent protest is in the hope that you go to this website and donate your time or your money. Like, do you think that would have been better? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to not be the antagonist that I'm known to be on this gold cast and just say this is this is bigger than even number seven I thought you know even if it was just purely uh, coincidental or accidental he's really created an interesting conversation because this this is going to take more action on 
a collection of people to mobilize change, to mobilize conversation. And he's doing it at a time where, A, he's not showing the best of his skill set. I mean, if, and I don't want to uh, steer too far from what you were just asking me, but if he was the, already the starting quarterback, would we still be talking about this? I think so. I mean, I think maybe... I, think, I disagree. I would say we'd be talking about it differently, though. We would be talking about it differently, 100%. If, if he was Aaron Rodgers, I think more people would be applauding his bravery versus, you know... Uh, you mean caliber of Aaron Rodgers? Yes. 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 And that's that's what I'm trying... Like, if to, LeBron James did this, it would reverberate through the entire world at a level that... No. And that's why I say this is this would ta- this would be bigger than number seven. And I think him going approaching the rest of his teammates in the locker room together in one room and getting their ears and their attention so that they understand where he's coming from, then that's his open communication to letting him know where he's at, letting them know where he's at. And I don't think just doing what you had mentioned would be enough to push what his larger ideal is, which is the oppression of of minorities and and black people and that uh, certain police staff and force throughout the country are getting away with criminal activity against blacks that um, that have gone unnoticed. And, and that that's just something that I don't know if that's the greatest thing to do when by sitting on the bench and not standing for the national anthem. I think that I think it would take more than just sitting on the bench. Well, that's why I'm interested in seeing what else he ha- what else he's uh, he has up his kiss the arm sleeve. Well, he, he, that, see, that's exactly the point I was trying to make. That that's exactly the point I was trying to make. That if if he if it was you know standing in protest and then and also to shed a light on some sort of organization or movement or foundation or something that he was a part of or that he was going to be a part of or he was going to be de- donating money to. Then it would be it. It's a silent protest, but then at the same time, it it's coupled with a, some sort of positive action in the community. And I think that's I think that's what everyone's looking for, especially with someone in his position. He is the he is the epitome of the American dream. By you, know, he is he came from nothing. He now is a multimillionaire athlete who plays professional football for a living. He plays a game for a living, and he's a millionaire for it. He is the epitome of the American dream, and he's also someone that's in the financial power to do something about this, to donate his money in a way or and, and time or bring light to an organization in a way that if I if I if I was you know at a pep school rally and I didn't sign up for the national anthem and then I decided uh, you know I'm gonna donate fifty bucks to a foundation, it really wouldn't be that would hardly be CNN worthy news. But Kaepernick is in in a unique position, given his status as an athlete and a celebrity, to 
excuse me, to actually do something about this. And I think that is, that's the piece that we're all looking for. Because I, I agree, just sitting, I, I, I love I love that he got the conversation going. Uh, I do, well, I don't necessarily agree with his stance. I applaud his use of the First Amendment right to freedom of speech. And it's, it's, one, of, it's one of the greatest opportunities we have in this country. I, I, but I still think that you, you have to, you then have to put your money where your protest is, literally or figuratively. You know, put your put action behind that protest. You can't just sit on the bench and and keep your hands in your pockets because then it's not doing anything. You have to go out into the community and bring about some type of change and get get on the side of the good guys. Mm-hmm. Totally. Agree. Agreed. All right, uh, moving on. But first, a word from our sponsor. Are you guys tired of your plain old normal 49er podcasts? You know, the ones that kind of just spout the X's and O's and then just argue or maybe like on a radio station they talk about Tom Brady being the best. Are you guys just tired of those ones? Don't you want something that represents the voice of the faithful? Well, then look no further than the 49er Goldcasts. The Voice of the Faithful, hosted by Rudy Salisa III, his brother Raymond Salisa I, and that silly old curmudgeon, Old Man Davis. 49 Goldcast is truly the Voice of the Faithful. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, and on Facebook.com at Facebook.com slash 49ers Goldcast. Like, share, support, join the faithful. All right. So moving on, gentlemen. So let me explain something about being a... San Francisco native who I'm now spent four years living in Los Angeles. Let, let me explain something sometimes about getting the games in LA. So all week long, I see it promoted on NFL Network that they're going to show the 49ers versus the Green Bay Packers at 7 p.m. in San Francisco. I mean, on, on their television station. So I record the game. Very excited about this game. Only when the recording plays, when I watch it on Sunday, they're doing like a a recap of all the games going on for the week and don't start the game till the middle of the second quarter does the feed go live to the 49ers Green Bay game. So I saw like one drive by cap, I think. I saw nothing of Blaine Gabbert. I saw nobody. I, and then it, it, five, it was literally like five minutes left of the second quarter. It goes to halftime, and, and I don't get to see anything else. So why don't you, Raymond, since you, you've, you've been keeping the closest watch out of all of us, tell us, tell us, us 49er fans in Los Angeles, what exactly happened in that first and second quarter? Well, against the Broncos, uh, I thought Gabbert played – he played. He played all right. Uh, he, he played a lot better than he did in the first game. Oh, I did see that one. I, I agree with you. I did think Gabbert played a lot better against the Broncos. He did. Uh, he didn't have no touchdown passes in a drive. Christian Ponder also played really good, considering he was painting his house uh, several days before getting uh, called and put on the roster. Uh, Jeff Driscoll continues to play well for a rookie. Um, he's got good upside. And he seems committed, so I like what I see in that of him, although he still has a long way to go, at least three more years, I'd say, of polish. But he's he's under good tutelage, so I think he's 
he's got a lot to look forward to. But against a Green Bay, uh, Gabbert was pretty solid, did not throw much. It was kind of more run than throw. Um, he was two for three for 14 yards. But the really big story was Kaepernick, his debut, and he looked he looked very slim muscle-wise uh, just because of the atrophy he suffered from recovering from the three surgeries. So that was very evident in his physique. And he just kind of looked like a deer in headlights. To be fair, he hadn't played since last year. He's lost a significant amount of muscle. The speed is still there. The arm strength is still there. But he also came in with the backups. So there was not a lot of pass protection. There was not a lot of time for him to make the decisions that Gabbert's been able to make with the new offensive line, the revamped offensive line featuring staples like the center, Kilgore, and Anthony Davis, who's climbing up the death chart rather fast considering he's been out for a year. Pretty impressive to him, but he was always he was definitely a talent when he had Yapati and everybody else on that side. And of course Staley's doing what he does best. So Gabbert, of course, looks pretty solid as long as the line is protecting him, you know, but Kaepernick was definitely shaky. But it was an unsurprising debut. I didn't expect him to come. I mean, we were all excited to see him back again just because his upside is so insane. And we've all seen what his upside can do when when it's given the right circumstances and environment. But uh, he did not look all that great in that game. I think defensively, the the first unit – the ones defensively in every preseason game have been extremely stout. So there is, I think, a lot to look forward to in Jim O'Neill's scheme. It's it's aggressive. There's a lot of blitzing. But the secondary is vastly improved uh, over Agreed. last year. And, yep. uh, and uh, the, the defensive line puts up great coverage. Linebackers are pretty good. We're going to miss Aaron Lynch the first four games. But I think you, you've got some potential talent in there as long as guys step up. Tank Carradine has gotten a lot better. Going yes. forward, he's finally coming into the potential that we all wanted him to come into. You know, they asked him to play defensive line. They had him gain 30 pounds. It didn't work out. And at the time, he couldn't play outside because we had the outside solidified already with, at that time, Alden Smith and uh, Brooks. So there was, really wasn't a place for him uh, on the depth chart. So we just decided to move him on the line and it didn't work out. But he seems to do, be doing a lot better off the edge there and that's his comfort zone so he's leaner he's faster and he's getting he's starting to look more explosive off the line too so that's been great to see and then newcomer marcus rush was on the practice squad all last year this guy's had four sacks in the last two games including uh, and four sacks and five tackles this guy came out of nowhere i mean he is playing backups third twos and threes but uh, still pretty impressive, you know, making a strong case to make the team. I'd like to see what he does against starters and see if he has the same uh, success. Because if so, then that's somebody to definitely bring up in the depth chart because we need pass rush badly. Oh, uh, Ray Ray Armstrong also also looked fairly impressive. In the middle side, uh, yeah, among the three, the three, the three race to solidify Bowman's uh, sidekick, it's between Hodges, Will Hoyt, Armstrong. Hodges, Hodges is okay. Um Will Hoyt is a solid backup. He's super solid. He's consistent. He knows his system. Ray Ray Armstrong, he's got really good speed. He's he's much faster than Hodges and Will Hoyt. He doesn't look as bulky as those two guys, but he's strong and he's great. He's the best in coverage out of all of them. And I think that takes a precedence because you can you can still you can still 
teach him to get better at the run. Will Hoyt's pretty solid at the run, but he's terrible in coverage. Hodges is kind of okay at both, whereas Armstrong excels at the pass and is decent against the run. So I think you, I think Armstrong's going to be the winner there because he, he, in my opinion, he's the best of the three inside linebackers that are vying for that other position. Eric Reed had a pick six last uh, against Denver, which looked great. I saw that. Had a concussion the next week, or I'm sorry, had a, a jam thumb this this week. I'm sorry, uh, it was uh, Hyde who had a concussion this yes. past week. So, so is Hyde, is Hyde's health a concern for you? It is, because because it because he just seems very fragile. It he's explosive, he's confident, he's he's got a terrific skill set. He can catch, he can run, he can spin, he can juke, but he also runs violently and as a result he just cannot take the punishment that he dishes out he's not he's no walter payton or roger craig so uh but he runs like them to to a degree and uh, it does not work out very well for him he's had injuries every year of his career so hopefully that is something that does not happen this year if it does i think you need to consider you know cutting your losses because the guy's no use if he's if he can't stay healthy. Now, old man Davis, be honest. Have you even watched a single moment of 49ers preseason football? He's been in Vegas. Honestly, I don't care. <laughs> there you have it. I'm just waiting for September 12th. There it is. That doesn't get any more blunt than that. Yes. Tell us how you really feel. So... Last, Raymond, final notice. We've got one more game. It's pretty much going to be the last uh, the last appearance of all of our second, third, and fourth string guys that are still on the roster. Going, We're going to have kind of a pre-extravaganza discussion. But so far, my initial opinion, and I want to hear yours, still excited about the depth at running back. Still excited about... Our secondary, as you just mentioned, our O-line and defensive line. Pretty nervous about our quarterback situation. How do you feel? I wouldn't say I'm nervous. I'm just not completely comfortable. Gabbert has not sold me. I really thought he would, but he's the he's been good with the medium intermediate passes. He's not been good with with the fundamental passes, and the only deep pass, the only deep pass attempt we've made all preseason, he overthrew. At the same time, I thought maybe Patton would would kind of stretch out for it, because that's what some of the more dynamic receivers do: is they will get in, they will grab the ball when it looks like it's ungrabbable. But we don't necessarily have that on the team. So, if that was Torrey Smith, he most likely would have grabbed it. But um, Gabbert. I still think that when it comes time when it comes time to start, I think he I think he'll he'll do a little a lot better. He's gonna have more reps. He's gonna it'll be more rhythm. He's gonna have everyone's gonna be playing at a higher level. The running game's gonna be a lot stronger. It's been really strong all preseason because they've got four really strong workhorses. The only diff the only concern I have is Dewan Harris and Mike Davis need to really narrow down the fumbles two against Denver for Mike Davis another one for Dewan Harris against Denver as well they were much better against Green Bay 
but uh, that definitely needs to change going forward because they'll fall down the depth chart. Kendall Gaskins has already been released, so I saw that coming. So uh, it's only a matter of time, so they just need to clean some things up. But I mean, that's what uh, that's what it's, that's what this is all about. This 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 part. Hey, I'll tell you something. I, mean. I did see some old footage. Old footage, as in last week. They interviewed uh, Anthony Davis after the game and asked him if he felt confident about this old this year's O line uh, versus the O line he played for before his retirement announcement. You know what he said? Well, they're different. You can't compare those two, but I feel confident that this team has the this O line has the potential. And I just laughed. Because this O-line cannot be anything like the O-line he used to play on. It's got so much more uphill to go up to. And then speaking on the running backs, Carlos Hyde plus Mike Davis plus Ruben Drones, isn't even a quadricep of Frank Gore. Oh, come on. You're dealing with 10 years and a bunch of rookies and guys are only on like their second and third year. Give me a break. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a potential Hall of Famer. He'll most likely get in is, is what I'm anticipating. When you when, As a running back, when you last 10 years and you have like four or five Pro Bowls, that pretty much qualifies you. And, and, and Glenn Gabbert, Glenn Babbert, yes, yeah, starting quarterback for week. But I don't think the quarterback position will be the the issue going forward throughout the season. I think there's just a whole imbalance of of things on the offense that that will just need to improve, and and uh, uh, and we'll probably just have to wait uh, into next year to see what uh, what else develops. But uh, this is what they have with those uh, potential three quarterbacks. I won't mention yet who, uh, but uh, number two is definitely on there. And I don't see him uh, being the problem of the show. And I said that last season because I'm saying it again tonight this season well we're gonna have a full on i like how i like all these strong opinions coming out of the guy who didn't even bother to watch a single moment of preseason football who's busy in vegas and and you're busy in vegas you're over and outside lands everything's a big party for old man davis but then when it's come time to spout an opinion amazingly you have one just sharing the good news you son of a bitch this guy Okay, here we go. So we're we're gonna we're gonna have more conversations about this. We're gonna have a a big pre regular season extravaganza to talk about all of uh, what we think, how we think they're gonna go, and how we think people are gonna do, and how these teams are gonna do. We're gonna get into all of that. But before we get to that, Raymond, let them know. Where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 49ersgoldcast. You can also subscribe to us via YouTube, iTunes, and Stitcher. That way you are on the latest and greatest episode as they become live to the public. And Raymond, where can they find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis. And you can, yeah, that's about it. But you can also follow us on Twitter at 49ers Goldcast. Just one more week of preseason and then comes the real deal. So keep that in mind. We're going to go against the Chargers. Joy Bosa just signed today, by the way. Oh, good. Finally. 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 Also, is is Tony Romo done? Tony Romo's out, I think, six to ten weeks. <laughs> I think he's he done, right? cracked vertebrae. I think you should just give it up. Once your vertebrae start cracking and you've broken your clavicle twice and your yeah. collarbone, you should, I mean, that's worse than Steve Young. That's Tony, insane. Tony, Tony. <laughs> he has not done it again. You just have to learn when to just look. Give it up. Put the jersey up on the hook and say it's been a career. There's going to be nothing left of him but a skull by the time he gets out of retirement. <laughs> They're going to he's going to be next to Ted Williams. Oh my god, he's he is the the lesser version of Danny White. Oof. Oof. They're going to be studying his body 50 years from now. And people are going to be wondering, why did this man continue playing football? Because he was the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz. Wait, that's a heart. Because he was the Scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Oh, man. Poor bastard. And now... So you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rudy Solis Third. Rudy Solis number three, R-D. Rudy Solis Third. Old Man Davis, where can they find you? Um, you can find me at uh, the Community Center in uh, Wheaton, Illinois. Uh, there's going to be a huge bingo night, uh, mother and son bingo night, uh, November 11th. I know that's ahead, uh, a long uh, time ahead from now, but uh, if you uh, want to meet me out there, I'll be there. Otherwise, uh, you'll see me at home, knock some sense into uh, Richard Sherman and that... Uh, bubbly water quarterback uh, who doesn't like to have sex before he gets uh, married. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> the sure. Seattle Seahawks uh, this week. <laughs> uh, upcoming game. And uh, we're going to take them down for one last uh, preseason game. Boom, here we go. All right. So concludes another edition of the 49er Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa I, baby. And welcome back, our esteemed co-host, Old Man Davis. Boom! Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. <laughs>